0: Change happens on social every single day, regardless of the situation. When this is over, um, it's con- it's going to continue to change. Um, so always look for the opportunity in adversity and that's how you'll win. See everything as a, as a positive and um, as an opportunity to do something amazing. And, and that's why you'll win on social every single time.
1: Welcome to episode 260 of Screw It, Just Do It with me, Alex, and it is my great pleasure to welcome Hannah Anderson, Social Chain co-founder, onto today's episode. So, Hannah spoke at last year's Entrepreneur Summit in Bournemouth. And since then, since last October, I've been trying to get her um, to come on the podcast. Uh, I wanted to do it in person, though, and for obvious reasons, we weren't able to do that during lockdown. So instead, I got her to jump on a live stream with me, and we came up with this episode. So for those of you who don't know, as I say, she's a co-founder of Social Change. She's director of social and creative at Media Chain, which is part of... The Social Chain Group, one of the world's most influential social media publishing houses. As part of the three individuals who first started the Manchester-based business, they've now grown to over 280 employees with offices in New York, London, and Berlin. Those of you who are long-term listeners of the show will know episode one was with Stephen Bartlett, one of the three uh, co-founders there as well. Um, The communities they've created now reach over 1.8 billion that's billion people every month through their eighty million followers, and their engagement ratios make them the most engaged social media platform in the world. And in two thousand eighteen, Hannah was listed in Vogue's twenty five most influential women in Britain, which I think was what caught my eye when I invited her to come and speak last autumn at our annual entrepreneur summit. So um, we talk about a whole bunch of things, as you'd expect. During this episode, um, including showcasing what you're passionate about, um, about finding your content, producing your content, and then licensing your content. And we delve into TikTok. You might have heard Timothy R. move from FanBytes talking about it recently TikTok for business. And we dive into here TikTok you know, it is a really interesting platform. Uh, It's never been in the news more than it is at the moment with uh, Donald Trump trying to ban it from the US. And Hannah outlines why she thinks your business should be on it. So without further ado, screw it, just do it. Hannah Anderson. Today, we're talking um, predominantly as you would have registered for this webinar, adjusting social, What's changed and how you should adapt? And she's going to be able to share with us some examples of what Social Chain are doing now um, for their clients that work well during the lockdown, um, how they've adapted in the past and how that set them up for this ongoing crisis. And uh, key takeaways for anyone working on social at the moment. And I'm sure you're going to tell, us, tell me this, Hannah, but it, it's clearly never been a busier place. <laughs> 100%. 100% it's mental. It is, isn't it? Um, and I, I saw a few things that, I don't know if you've seen this as well, um, I know your your co-founder like Stephen uh, posts a lot on, on LinkedIn, um, and I'd seen few people posting uh, that something to do with the algorithm and how people's posts weren't getting seen as much by other people because they were trying to let new people who were just discovering the platform for the first time. And I'm assuming that's kind of spread across all platforms, is it, it's stuff like that?
0: Kind of, yeah. I think what's what's happening is obviously people are kind of flooding the social more so than they ever, than they ever have been. So there's not only more eyeballs, but there's also more people creating content. So... Mm it kind of balances it out so your hobbies yeah. aren't getting seen as much because there's so much more content to be seen and to be mm. kind of spread out um so yeah we we've seen that as well but it's just kind of working out how to cut
1: through the noise it is, and I, I like people I follow. I like I read Stephen's post, and and uh, Alan Barrett from Grenades, um, who I had on last week, uh, always gets like similar, uh, really high engagement from from his post as well. So, um, been interested watching what those guys have been uh, posting up. Um, cool. So, um, yeah. So Hannah, is co-founder at social chain um tell us what do you look after predominantly now because i know we were chatting about podcasts when you were down last autumn as well with um cast change as well so what's your kind of brief been and and has that changed at all during the last six weeks and but by the way everybody happy birthday to hannah it was her birthday yesterday Thank you so much for coming on today
0: thank
1: you
0: yeah 28 uh (laughs) <laughs> Prime of
1: your life. Prime of your life.
0: Um, yeah. So my my remit um, hasn't really hasn't really changed much um, since lockdown. I kind of still focus on on the same the same things. Um, so essentially, our business has two separate functions. We have the agency side, um, which operates similarly to, to a lot of other agencies, um, but always through kind of a social first approach. And um, we work with a lot of big clients on that side, and they are. More so client strategy, um, social media management, paid, that type of thing. And then we have the media aspect of the business, um, which is where we own and operate several owned publishers um, across social. So that's where podcasts come into, but predominantly Facebook pages, Twitter pages, Instagram pages, YouTube pages, um, where we have these kind of key core brands. And that's that's where I kind of focus in my um my remit is on like the social side um so in terms of like hacking social growth hacking um what works to make a video go as far as it can go that kind of thing um so that's where my my remit sits still it hasn't it hasn't much changed but obviously we're, we're having to adapt um to, to everything going on um, and you'll see in, in in the deck that i've got how we how we've done that and how we've done that successfully
1: Awesome. And um, question, kind of asking everybody that that it comes on, um, you know, when we were all kind of made first aware of of what was happening, and and maybe that was, uh, you know, a little earlier with with some people who saw what was, you know, happening in America, closing things down pretty quickly as well. Um, How how did that impact um, you you and your business initially? And what what kind of steps did you you make? I mean, I've been, you know, Again, creating a lot of podcasts for, for different brands and stuff. And you know, a lot of people have been furloughed. Marketing the whole marketing departments have been furloughed. Mm-hmm. And, and I've now just started seeing people actually being made redundant as well, like in, in the last couple of weeks as well. So clearly this is all going to play out over the over the over the summer um and, and maybe into the autumn. But um yeah, how, how have you seen that from a business perspective as well as a business owner?
0: I think obviously it's it's been <sighs> what's the word it's been difficult to navigate but also we're kind of set up to do so um, you know, us working from home isn't isn't a new thing for us. We've had flexible working since since we, you know, we were birthed. Um so working from home is, is something that we've we've always done like now and again. Um so people are, are are used to that. The only real thing that it's kind of inhibited is is anything that we need to physically be around for. So that's like physically producing high quality content or, or whatever it might be. Um but in terms of you know things that have happened, obviously some some clients haven't been able to continue with what they want to do but that's where we've kind of offered different approaches and, and again you'll, nice. you'll, you'll see in the deck so we're, we're honestly we're, we're the busiest we've ever been um mm. teams are you know really pulling together to deliver what we can and, and to deliver really amazing stuff still um so yeah it, it has impacted but uh i wouldn't necessarily say that it's negatively impacted it's it's more so just things have changed and we've had to, have to adapt as we always have.
1: Mm. Yeah I mean I thought that's why I was kind of keen to get you on again as well because I thought um, you know having, having seen and heard what you said last autumn and then obviously what's happened since then in the last couple of months um, but knowing that you know the social spin on all of that is is forefront um I, I thought that you wouldn't have been negatively Impact and it'd be really interesting to see. Um, again, like you mentioned, with clients who maybe aren't able to carry on with Plan A, but given the other kind of things that you offer, you can be able to keep them, um, you know, engaged and keep them keep them as a client. So, cool. Okay, so look, without further ado, uh, just to say to everybody on today, guys. So, if you use the chat box that you see there, just to punch up any questions that you've got uh, for Hannah uh, or myself as we go along. Um, and therefore, um, I'll be able to moderate those and put those to Hannah at the end of a presentation, which we think is anywhere between kind of 20 and 30 minutes, something like that. Um, and do post up where you are, where you're watching from, I'm always happy for people like Chris to put their, uh, URL in there or their LinkedIn profile so people can connect with each other on these kind of, uh, webinars as well, try and make them as interactive as possible. Um, and without further ado, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus the screen on Hannah's presentation and I will let you take it away, Hannah.
0: Thank you very much. Cool. Can we all see that? I can't now see the our screen, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, this, this perfect.
0: OK, yeah. brilliant. We'll, we'll, we'll get cracking. Um, so with all of my presentations, I always do... Um, do it quite story-led. So we'll start off with a little story. Um, So this is me two years ago um, when I broke my back. So I was stupidly trying to do a a backflip on a trampoline when I landed myself quite literally with a broken spine. Um, And as I was lying there face down on this trampoline, um, I was in the worst pain of my life, screaming, help me, help me, and wiggling my toes to see if my legs were still going to be working. The only thing I could think was, this is going to make a fantastic tweet. Now, usually I pause there because people laugh, but I'm just going to pretend that you guys are all laughing on the end. So um, fingers crossed for that. Um, So my name is Hannah, and I have been addicted to social media for about... 10 years now Um, the thing about social is everything about it's designed to be as addictive as possible so every like every retweet every comment that you get um, it sends a hit of dopamine directly to your brain and it makes you feel good Um, and this feeling is what i absolutely loved about social media from the first moment that i ever discovered it um In 2010, whilst I was in sixth form, um, I made my first ever social media page. And it was about something that I'm very, very passionate about. It was about sandwiches. Um, So this is me... Uh, 18-year-old Hannah um, posting on a sandwich page on Facebook with hilarious. Again, you know, feel free to laugh if, if you do want. Um, a hilarious pun: I sandwich that I had the sandwich right now. Um, and as you can see, I can always do with a good sandwich. Well, it went incredibly, incredibly viral. It got six likes and one comment. Um, and Morgan here said, "Ha ha ha ha," which I was absolutely buzzing about. Um, <laughs> and although you know that's not real virality there. To me, that was seven real people engaging with the content that I was creating. And I absolutely loved that. Um, I loved social media. I loved the opportunity it gave for me to connect with people and and make them laugh. and I wanted to take social media a bit further, but unful- I say unfortunately, I'd actually wanted to be a, a primary school teacher since the age of five, since this very day here, which you can see on the left-hand side. and um, This is me on my first ever day of primary school. And the sign in the window says, hip, hip, hooray, Hannah starts school today, uh, which me and my dad had made the night before. But I think my dad was, was just buzzing to be able to get me out of the house for 18 years and in education and didn't have to deal with me as much anymore. Um, and... Yeah, I'd I, I wanted to be a teacher from from that from that very day, and and when I finished education, although I had this passion for social media that I would started with my my sandwich page, um, you know, I, I had to give give that up really. It wasn't really a, a, a career that I could that I could take, and I, I actually went on to train to become a teacher, um, at Northumbria University. I did a three year course in early primary education. Um, but as you can see on the right-hand side, I hadn't really, I hadn't really given, given that up as much. Um, I was still passionate about social, and I'd post things on my, um, on my personal Facebook account. Um, I was actually, if you look at the one on the bottom right-hand side, I was actually shocked to find out that the farmer wants a wife is actually now a dating site for lonely farmers, um, and I would post silly things like this all the time. Um, but. Yeah, whilst I was whilst I was training to be a teacher, I hadn't actually um, I hadn't actually given up my social media uh, things. Although it was quite uncouth for a trainee teacher to be growing a sandwich page in our bedroom, um, I had a secret, and in my spare time, I'd grown hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter. Um, several different pages and several different passion points um, and if anyone on my course found out I would pro- probably have been kicked off but I, I had this passion and I couldn't stop it um, and I'd never really thought anything of this I never thought you know, that it could become anything other than what it was That my path was still very much sort of go on to qualify as a teacher and, and go and teach primary school children um, but then I received a direct message of these two gentlemen here so Steve Bartlett and Don, Mac- Don McGregor had just um, left their company Wallpark, which was like a, the online student notice board, and they understood the power of social. They've been using social media accounts to drive traffic to their website, their website Wallpark. Um, and I got a direct message, and um, that basically said, "Do you want to come and do you want to come and work with us?" Um, and you know, I had a, I had a decision to make. Um, I had a decision to make. You know, should I should I go and work with these two strangers, or or should I go down the path which has always been laid out for me since the age of five? Um, And against every piece of advice that my parents, my friends had given me um, instead of of becoming a trainee, instead of becoming a teacher, I went and started a company with two strange boys off the internet. Um, And as you can imagine, parents weren't happy at the time. Um, these, These two at the time had no money, had nothing, but we had an idea and we had a really good idea that we genuinely believed in. And we fast forward six years now, um, and we're not just making silly sandwich pages or silly Harry Potter pages in our bedroom. We've actually got 80 million followers across platform and several different brands and niches. Um, and we work with some of the biggest brands in the world, so your, not your really dry, your BBC, your Coca Cola, your Apple's, um, all come from our knowledge of social. Um, and this, this, this knowledge and this, uh, this understanding of social and, and how how people work um, was actually ma- made me listed in the the Vogue list of the twenty five most influential women in the country in two thousand and eighteen. And I will still keep pushing that. And I think I've got another another year or two to include this in my decks. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least another year. You can eat that out for. I think Hannah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> What we've learned over the past six years is that social change is every single day. Every single day something changes. Um, and every single day, you know, something can happen that completely fundamentally changes the way that we work. Um, this has been exactly the same for us over the past the past six years. So it's never, the situation now hasn't massively phased us because we're used to it. You know, there's been times um, throughout the past six years where entire platforms have been obliterated. So we grew a massive following on Twitter, for example, and one day the Twitter rules changed about a certain thing we were doing and our whole entire Twitter, Twitter network went down. But because we'd adapted and we knew that our, um, our model wasn't based on platforms, it was based on our understanding of humans and how people act and creating content for people that they want to engage with, we were able to come out of the other side. And like I said, we've been adapting for six years, so that's kind of what I've based this presentation on: is is our uh, mindset and how we how we um, how we go about things. So, what has changed now? What's changed in this current situation in the past couple of months? Quite a bit. Quite a bit changed, as I'm sure you're all aware of. Um, I've kind of I've broken this down into three. Uh, three categories of, of what's changed. And this is kind of broad, there's truly more specific things that have changed. But what's changed for the people? So people are at home way more, they're perhaps not working, they might be on furlough, and they're spending more time on social, which we discussed before, missing social interaction, and they're, they're missing that normalcy, missing that normal life that, that was before. What's changed for work life? Um, money. Uh, for us in particular it's hard to make original content which i'll go into a bit further down the line brands aren't spending as much money um an important one working from home isn't just working from home it's surviving from home so it's, it's quite different and then there's more time in the day and this is what what i've found as well because you're not being pulled left right and center into different meetings in different five minutes every single meeting is kind of uh, is is meant to be and is is thought out. So when you're booting time in, it's it's specific time. So I'm finding that I've got more free time to, to lock into tasks. Um, And then on social, so this is what what we've noticed on social, like I mentioned before, there's more eyeballs as people are spending more time on their phones, but more people are creating content. So that kind of balances it out. Um, The platforms are acting accordingly. So there's a lot of things that are changing in the platforms and things that the platforms are accommodating for. And then interestingly, CPMs have dipped significantly. So it's cheaper to to pay for ads now. And That also has a a negative side on, on publishers who are publishing content but not getting them as much money back, um, and the thing about all of those changes that I've just mentioned is every single one of them might seem negative, but it poses an opportunity, and it poses an opportunity specifically for social and social media marketing. Um, so I've got four examples of how we've we've capitalised on those changes. Um, this is opportunity one um, that that we have noticed. So people in football, they're missing normalcy, they're missing going to the football matches, they're missing um everything about football. Um, number two, work life. It's hard for us to make original content about f- football, in particular because there is no football on, there's nothing to really talk about. Um, and then number three, in terms of social, there's more eyeballs. So how have we combined these three opportunities that have come from the changes um, to to create an opportunity? Um, so I want to introduce you to sport best 11 um so sport best 11 is a not necessarily a campaign but it's a content stream that we came up with on sport which is uh, our football brand so sport has 15 million followers cross-platform um, and this is best 11. So what we did is we wanted to create a football team based on what our fans thought. Um, so fans were voting for who was the best striker, who was the best manager. And this went on for, for um, a few weeks. And eventually you got to the quarter final and, um, You had people tweeting in, debating, debating who was the best manager. If someone won, people were kicking off. It was exactly the same type of uh, interaction that football fans are used to. That's exactly what they love. They love arguing about football. They love discussing it. They love seeing why someone's better than others or why someone's worse than others. And this is what we were creating with with this best 11. Um, And as you can see at the end, uh, these tweets did really, really, really well. we had thousands and thousands of people voting and thousands and thousands of people tweeting in and um, really kind of restored that that feeling of what football brings. Um, what that did for our Twitter account, you know, people are, are saying that they're seeing down, you know, downturns in, in the amount of people who are seeing their content, but because we were able to tap into those opportunities and what people were missing, um, we've actually seen the best the best ever impressions on our both Twitter account, the best ever profile visits, the best ever mentions, you know, 44,000 mentions in the past 28 days is unheard of, um, all because of how we were able to tap into those opportunities. Um, we were, Like I said, we restored a bit of normalcy with people debating football, people kind of engaging in, in what football is and the beautiful game. We created low-resource original content. So we couldn't go out and film a football match or film a fan's reaction because we can't can't do that anymore. But what we could do is create a graphic at home, create a graphic that engages people. um, And we captured and capitalised on attention. So although there's a lot of noise at the moment on Twitter because people are tweeting all the time, this was something that we knew our fans would want to get involved with. Um, and they did, and that was kind of proven in in, in how well that alongside other things we're doing across sport um, has done. Opportunity two is creation in adversity. So, again, looking at the people, people are at home way more. Um, for us, working is surviving from home. It's not the same as working from home because you don't have – uh, you don't have everything at your disposal, um, and then again on social, there's more eyeballs. What I mean by creation in adversity is, like I said, it's so difficult to go out and create original content. But what we've been able to do um, is just create content that we can create. So I'm going to t- show you two examples of of pieces of content that we've that we've created at home with the resources that we have and content that's done very very well.
1: What the hell are you doing? Hopefully, the information goes to my head better like this.
0: <laughs> so, these two pieces of content were published on. Um, on student problems which is our one of our student brands has got 10 million followers across platform and what we'd usually be posting on student problems is funny sketches um memes you know lots and lots of original content but because it's not possible for us to create that you know super long form high quality content at the moment what we've had to go to is is stuff that one again we know our audience likes this type of stuff and two it's easy for for people to make at home. So this one on the left was made by um, Alex, who's head of student problems at home. And um, this one on the right was made by Joe Flinders and his fiancee um, <laughs> hanging on the door. Um, but like I said, that that kind of non-defeatist attitude. Yes, we can't go out and, and create content, but we can create content from home with the people who we've got. And with our phones, you know, it, that that's the beauty of, of this day and age is everyone can be a content creator. Um, and being creative with, with what we can do as opposed to being sad about what we can't um, has actually led us to um, – to securing a campaign with Badoo, based on this creating content from home, um, based on this kind of lo-fi, uh, lo-fi videos that that we are are able to create. That's exactly what brands seemingly are wanting now too, because they're very aware that you can't make an amazing high quality cinematic advert anymore. But what you can make is um, you can crowdsource from from influencers and from from people who are working from home. So I'll show you this video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> We've been talking every day since lockdown. Guys, just look at my outfit for my
1: virtual day. I'm super, super nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> and chill
0: on bottom. i
1: this would have been a brunch date, but it's now. I
0: think it's time I introduced you to someone special. Beep.
1: Got the most cute <laughs> smile. <laughs> He's filming a TikTok dance to send to his friends. He's up
0: on you. Four. We made French toast together. He's actually really cute. <laughs> <laughs> she's playing that drawing game with this
1: guy. Look what he's just drawn. He's definitely not an artist. Oh my God. He's so much better than I expected. All that's missing is you right here. Mm-hmm.
0: So, that that opportunity came off of the back of us creating content from home, like the examples that I showed. Um, For the people, we were able to make home-style relatable content. We made it however we could, and we won. We weren't defeatist about the situation. And again, we cut through the noise to garner mass views. Those student problems examples got millions of views. That Badoo example, I don't think that's gone live yet, but we would hope that it would do the same. Um, Creation in adversity is is all just about being creative with with the resource that you have, and, and like I said, not being sad about the resource that you don't Opportunity three, testing and iterating. This is probably the most, lucrative is the wrong word, um, probably is the best use of our time at the moment. So this situation, it's not going to happen again. If we um, embrace the opportunity that it's given us, um, we can get some real good learnings out of it. And we have, um, again, people are spending more time on social. There's more time during the day for for people like myself and people like my team to be making stuff and testing things. Um, And the platforms are acting accordingly. Like I said, they've kind of changed the way that they're working. Now, I'll just show you some examples of of things that we've been able to test in this time. Um, So this is something that we've noticed um, and this is across the board. So we've tested this this a few times. everyone's probably noticed the upturn in in lives, um, lives across Facebook, lives across Instagram, everyone um, is doing more lives and and the platforms are actually rewarding you for that. Uh, Mm. We tested this on Facebook, which is premiering so what a premiere is is it's where you can publish a video that's not actually live and um, but initially it will go live so this is an example of of one that we pushed as a live and um, but it wasn't actually a live video i just got a little
1: you
0: can kind of get the picture i'll not say the whole thing this is a six minute video six minute video that was published straight out as a live for those first six minutes and what facebook's doing is because it's pushing lives more and more because that's the way that things are going, you gain the advantage of the live by premiering it. So as you can see, our distribution score was actually 2.2 times more than usual. Um, and we wouldn't have seen that if we hadn't have premiered it. So that's just a little nugget and um, that we found across the board. We've done this on several videos and we found every single time that if we premiere longer videos, um, they'll get that initial spike and that initial boost.
1: And um, Hannah, does a premiere have to be? It doesn't have to be live. Then is what is what you're saying? Can no, you it's, already...
0: it's not a live video at all. No. Huh. So this was, this is a video that we edited. Um, it's not we, yeah, we yeah. publish it through. Um, through a Studio, you just, instead of pressing publish now, you um, you press premiere. Um, it'll send a notification to, I think it's most of your followers, um, mm-hmm. saying that you're going to premiere a video at X time. And then basically people who want to watch it then can go and watch it then, but it'll then, after it's finished the first loop, so once that video got to six minutes, it would just appear as a regular video on the timeline. Got you. Um this one potentially quite obvious um, we've noticed this more and more tiktok um, is the place to be now if you're not on tiktok um, then what are you doing it's reached two billion downloads um, and even just kind of looking at the social space at the moment everyone's aunt and their mam are on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, that's maybe a, a, a good thing and a bad thing but if you're not on TikTok now you, you're too late really we we kind of noticed noticed this maybe about eight months ago and we got on TikTok and as you can see on the left hand side these are two of our pages so Seymour's uh, on 1.6 million followers student problems is on 734 as I say 734,000 followers um, and and we know that TikTok is doing fantastically well. We're actually launching three more brands on there this week. Um, fantastic thing about TikTok is, as well, is it's it's kind of similar to the way Facebook was a few years ago, where reach is is quite easy to get. Um, content can be quite sporadic, and um, you can just test things on there without any kind of negative downside if you were to test something on facebook it'll and it doesn't do well it'll kind of damage the algorithm but if you test something on tiktok and it doesn't do very well you test something else um and brands are starting to to move on to tiktok too because of how much it's kind of blowing up and blowing up even more so because of lockdown and um, prime video uk is one of our clients that we that we've um, been able to secure so we manage this tiktok page um it's passed over 1 million views um it's it's not been going very long it's already on 11,000 followers um tiktok is something that regardless of who you are regardless of you know where you work even if it's maybe not right for your brand to be on there you should be on there because the learnings that you can garner from there the content kind of goes across platform as well i mean i see tiktoks all the time on twitter um Mm. place that you need to be you need to be learning about as much as possible
1: that's a good way to phrase it so even if um you don't think your brand necessarily belongs on TikTok? You should be on TikTok because you 100%. can then repurpose that content. Because, like you, I've seen people using it on LinkedIn even.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's 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 the next big thing. I mean, it's it's already the the, the big thing of the moment. Yeah. Um, it's it's like if on two thousand and twelve, you should have been on Twitter, regardless of if your brand was or wasn't. Um, mm. And you should be on Facebook regardless of if your brand is or isn't because it's in a very uh, embryonic stage at the moment and it's only going to get more and more complex and more (sighs) – more brands are going to start rushing towards it. So if you get there early, you'll capitalise. Um, you know, they've, they've got other things kind of in the pipeline, a more um, robust kind of ad system. Um, and I, I would guess that CPMs and things like that will, will continue to be lower than the likes of Facebook for quite a while. Um, so it's, a, it's a really interesting place to be at the moment where you'll probably get quite a lot of bang for your buck in terms of what you invest.
1: Mm and would you say just got a quick question here jade says would you say tiktok is relevant for b2b businesses
0: yes i think there's been um there's been quite a few on on there that that have uh, that have done well i've seen a lot of like a lot of agencies get on there to front their agency to kind of showcase their personality um mm. i think it is it can be it's i suppose it depends on what you want your brand to look like but like i said it's there's a lot of learnings that come from that platform regardless of if you create a branded account um
1: nice thank you
0: and then innovative live streams. so we have been known for innovative live streams for for a long time um this video here kind of showcases how we came up with with how we do lives um and obviously at the moment, every, like I mentioned, live is massive. Um, So we wanted to make sure that we weren't just doing lives for the sake of doing lives, but doing lives in the way that we've always done lives with a, with a different spin and and getting people as involved as possible. So I'll play this video, which is um, maybe about a year and a half old, but it kind of gives the premise for where we've taken our live streams now that they're more important than ever. so yeah this was when we launched our first ever instagram live stream now we've been doing live streams um that involve the users and dynamically change uh, throughout the live depending on what, what goes on so if you, if you can't see from there if if there's a question um and there's hundreds of people answering the question. Our software will pick one person at random and then put their, uh, their profile picture back into the live stream when they win for the next question. So they know that they've won. Um, and this has been something that we've been doing for a long time. So when lockdown occurred, live was the first thing that we wanted to do. Um, this is the student problems pub quiz, as you can see. Um, we have thousands and thousands of people involved and, and commenting on the, on the lives. And again, we're kind of bringing that normalcy back to people. Pub quizzes uh, are a part of normalcy that people want to be involved with and also that kind of social interaction. And this here is an example of when we've been able to do that with another client. So this is with JD Sport, um, where we did a live quiz for the first time bringing in actual people. Um, So we had H, the rapper there, um, same principle but kind of taking it to that next level Um, really engaging people this had over a thousand people concurrently watching the live and I think it was about 30,000 people that it ended on Um, so what What we've done with with Opportunity 3, we went where the people are. The people are on social at the moment and we want to provide them with as much normalcy as possible, with as much, um, yeah, as much of of their normal lives as possible. Um, We've used what we know um, and working at home as an opportunity to test. So all of those things that we're doing are tests across our network. We've got more time um, to be testing um, and to to find out what works and then putting putting new things in place very very quickly so that's like the premier's example we tested that we had that out within a day Um, and then we're giving the platforms what they want, and we're winning from it. So the platforms want lives. Um, they want people to be to be doing these things that we've kind of worked out, and then we'll give it to the platform. So um, TikTok wants people and publishers on there. If we go on there as a publisher, we get rewarded for that. And it's the same with Facebook. If Facebook wants more lives on the platform, they'll give you more reach um, if you kind of play into in their hands a bit. And then opportunity four, um, people can't go anywhere. Um, people can't can't go out. People can't go to watch sports, whatever it might be. Um, again, people are missing normalcy. Um, companies are losing money because obviously people can't go to the pub. Pubs are losing money. Restaurants are losing money, um, whatever it might be. And then The thing about social that I've touched on here is CPM as a down um, and how you can use that as an opportunity to to bring money into your business. So this is the first example of trying to return normalcy. So Revs to Cuba, Revs obviously is is shut at the moment. Um, A lot of their staff are on furlough. Um, They're not able to host nights. They're not able to open their bars. Obviously, a a relatively devastating situation for them when when you think about it. Um, Now, this is something that we've done with Revs um, to return normalcy to people's lives, to have people enjoying enjoying alcohol responsibly, in a, in a nice environment so this was a this is a, an idea that we went to them with um which was a rum tasting night um so people w- would actually pay to go to this rum tasting night which was hosted on instagram and what you'd get you'd get like a bottle of rum and as you can see here on the right hand side it did so well the first time it sold 1100 real life tickets and um, where you'd get a rum um it sold that many tickets the first time that, w- that we did it again um, and that was a combination of, of, of those things that people want that normalcy um but also that cpms were down so the return on ad spend here was was phenomenal I, i'm not sure 100 off the top of my head what it was but it was absolutely phenomenal we capitalized on those low cpms to to boost this on facebook and people like i said real life people have, have signed up and we've been able to make to make money for revs which you know that they're, they're they're realistically not in a, not in a nice situation at the moment.
1: That's very cool. I like that.
0: Yeah. We were really, really happy with that. Really, really happy. Um, and then this one, I'm not actually allowed to say what it is. Um, but this is an example of of something that we've got in the works at the moment. I'm not, I'm not exactly, I'm not allowed to give any specific details. Basically we noticed, we know that the Olympics is postponed. This is the first time in living memory that it's, that it's been postponed. Um, but we are working with a brand at the moment to bring that back, um, to, to in a very in a very different way. Um, you'll be able to see in a couple of weeks' time what, what we're actually doing. But um, this is something that we've wanted to do across the board. So it's similar with the sport example that I said before, where we're trying to kind of restore that normalcy. And um, we've done it across our our gaming brand with. Um, with rallycross, we've had like a gaming version of that, and it's kind of giving people what they're missing, um, mm-hmm. and and really driving value. Um, I wish I could go into this one more, but because it's not live, yeah, I'm, I'm not allowed.
1: And
0: <laughs> um, you it's- can see how we've kind of taken taken the situation and taken it as a as a positive and as an opportunity to to do some really really amazing work.
1: Well, There's clearly a big opportunity there, isn't there, to to fill a gap. So. Hundred percent. 100 yeah.
0: percent um so just from opportunity four like i mentioned we're trying to restore as much normalcy as possible um, we've made money for brands who can't operate how they used to operate um, and we've took advantage of low ad cpms to get a huge return on ad spend um, and that kind of sums up this talk but what i want to leave you with is change happens on social every single day regardless of the situation when this is over um it's, con- it's going to continue to change um so always look for the opportunity in adversity and that's how you'll win see everything as a as a positive and um as an opportunity to do something amazing and, and that's why you'll win on social every single time So thank you very much. Um, That's my email there if anyone wants to reach out. And that's my Twitter and Instagram handle. Um, If you fancy it, um, feel free to get in touch.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much, Hannah. I'm going to bring you, uh, let's downsize uh, that one. There we go. Um, So you're back on screen. So very, very interesting. So loads you could kind of dig into there, but I will go to the questions um, and not hog your time myself. So um, let's go to um, the relevant one. where are we? David. David had a good question. So how true would you say it is to categorize platforms by generation, e.g., Facebook for older users, Boomers and Gen X, Instagram for millennials, TikTok for Gen Z, etc. Not true at all. <laughs> Great answer. Um, expect anything less.
0: I think <sighs> Some people can can look at it like that, but it's almost just the way that platforms are perceived. So, for example, on our Facebook, although you might think that it is just for boomers and for older people, we find that the majority of our accounts actually have 18 to 24 as the highest engaged and highest followed. I think it's almost like with Facebook as an example, people will go on there, they'll scroll, they'll watch videos, but they won't tell their mates that they spend time on Facebook, even though they damn well. Yeah. do. Um, and similar with, with, you know, with TikTok, it was kind of initially it was this kind of young audience. I think especially over the past two months, everyone's mums on there. Like you've got, you've got mums and dads making, making TikTok dances. Um, my friends have all started to get on TikTok now as well. And like I said, I'm 28. Um, so it's, it's not just the young people anymore, although that's a big pocket of TikTok. I don't think it's, it's right to kind of categorize, um, whole entire platforms. as just one age group in every mm. platform. You've got, loads and loads of segments of audiences and it's how you tap into the audience that you want to tap into
1: yeah it's like my my girls are 11 and 13 and their first experience basically is tiktok you know all they do is dancing so it's just doing those kind of videos and then i saw last week a friend of mine um posted about how proud she was about her son and her son's like 15. He's got like 1.6 million followers on TikTok and wow. is now making money because of brands approaching him and all this kind of thing. So it's super interesting, isn't it? Um, okay. Uh, Propagate says, please explain how you can do a live but not live on Facebook. I think you explained that with the... Um- so,
0: yeah, so that's that's premium, which is different. You can do a live but not live as well, fully live. Um, so you can pre-record alive and all you have to do, I think this, the program is called OBS. Um, it's basically a live streaming, um, like platform where you basically input the video and it's quite complex. I would, I would, Feel free to email me, and I'll loop you into Isaac, who's our head of live. But essentially, you can pre-record a live stream, upload it through OBS, which is the live streaming software, and then that streams to Facebook as a live. So you can do pre-recorded live streams, and um, OBS is also how we do the or whatever software it is. I can't I can't remember exactly what it's called, but that software or a similar software, what we've made is the one where we can do like interactive live streams. So where we've had it, we've got a pre-recorded animation in the background or whatever it might be of the of the quiz with the questions coming up. And then we can real-time live put people's faces in who've won the prizes. Um, nice. it's, it's a specific software and a specific way to do it, but I'm more than happy to introduce whoever asked that question, Isaac, who would be able to give a much better answer Than I would be able to give.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, with the lives? Like I've had, you know, multiple um, business owners on here, entrepreneurs and and CEOs saying that their businesses uh, started doing live. Like I had on here last week, Double Dutch Drinks uh, sisters who do like the tonics, Um, and they were saying like in their their immediate space, there's like six competitors all doing lives, all on a Thursday, all at like six o'clock you know, on how to make a cocktail or something like that. And it's like how you can make that a little bit more uh, interesting for people. Um, cool. Uh, let's have a quick look. So a uh, couple of specific questions. So um, Chris says, TikTok and social media in general are very cool, but I'm struggling to build an engaged audience in a traditional sector, which is construction. Um, so Chris, if you think like when I spoke to Chris before, he said, think grand designs like Channel 4 program, those kind of houses any tips because clearly it immediately like his his market has pressed like a massive pause on people wanting those kind of houses um and he put out a competition initially i remember for for kids to, to like uh, design their dream home and they would get um uh, I think something like Amazon gift vouchers, and maybe the parents got the drawings for their dream home. But yeah, any any thoughts on? Uh, I mean, Chris, you can obviously message privately. But any any thoughts that kind of jump into your head with regards to building a building an engaged audience on social for that kind of? I think
0: oh, the easiest way is to start out building an audience is finding like finding good content that you want to post. So what, what we do a lot of is licensed content. So there's content out there that your audience would be interested in. And, and what, what you might want to do is find, it, find a video of a, an amazing house, ask for permission for that for your, um, for your page, and then put your own kind of story over the top of it. Audience building is difficult, very difficult now it's a different per platform so why I'm talking about like licensing videos is because Facebook in, in particular will want video on that platform to even get anywhere um, Twitter it depends on what your purpose is a lot of Twitter purposes is for kind of customer service so if that's where your uh, where your business is um, use your Twitter as a customer service Instagram is absolutely perfect for, for something like that again license license images of amazing houses um, and then post them on Instagram and that'll, that'll foster an audience. Like I'd follow that. It's, it's interesting. Mm. Um, there's loads of little tips and tricks as well. So Instagram, make sure you use all your hashtags because that boosts your discoverability. IGTV at the moment is absolutely booming. So we're seeing maybe like 10 times maybe not 10 times, maybe about five times more views on an IGTV post than we are on a regular post. So there's loads and loads of different hacks um, to, to build that audience up. Um, paid, if you want specific targets, if you've got a little budget, you can do a, a likes campaign to get that audience up, but you have to have your content there first. You have to have a reason that mm-hmm. people to come accompany to your platform before you start boosting stuff into paid. Um, but yeah, it's a very kind of wide question that is difficult to answer within the space of a minute. Um, But yeah, find your content. If you can't produce content, you can license content, Um, use tips and little tips and tricks to, to hack your way up. There's um, again, I'm more than happy to just send you over some little kind of hacks depending on, on what, uh, what your company is, but yeah, find your content and go from there.
1: Um, I had a chap I interviewed before um, last year uh, called Brendan Kane. I don't know if you've come across him. Um, he did that, that, ran the social campaigns for the likes of Taylor Swift, Rihanna, built up their their audiences. And when you look at his like uh, social media, he was using similar to. And I guess I, I was trying to work out how he how he'd do it. So he'd have a post and he'd be talking about a particular subject, but he'd be using like footage from like really famous films. Or music videos and stuff, and I just thought, how's he? How's he allowed to do that? Are You allowed to take something like that?
0: Probably not. Right. No. <laughs> You're not. I mean, if he's got permission for it, then then yes. If he hasn't, then no. Every anything that you post that's not yours, make sure you've got full and permission for it. And then, in particular, on I mean on. For us at the moment, we're focused on creating original stuff. Um, That's more difficult at the moment, but that's that's our focus. When it's not possible, we license stuff. And then on Facebook in particular, when you do license stuff, then they are cracking down on making sure that you editorialize that. So what I mean by that is if you have licensed something, if you've got permission for it, you have to add your own voice over the top, whether that's through a voiceover or, um, you know, like animation text slides coming across explaining what's going on or explaining what your brand thinks about that. Mm. Uh, So yeah, that's probably depends what if he's, if he has permission, then that's fine. But um, we, yeah, we would steer clear.
1: (laughs) Sounds like a wise move. Um, so let's have a quick look. Um, Where are we, where are we, where are we? Uh, How would you use TikTok for acupuncture therapists, that kind of thing? Um, In lots of ways
0: acupuncture that type of thing is going massive at the moment um, so it could be just kind of showcasing a, a specific therapy um, whether that be f- you know filming on your phone and acupuncture you you down the back a lot of people actually find that relaxing and interesting um, I've seen chiropractors do well uh, you know when chiropractors are like um like the the, cl- the cracks that they get when they like adjust people's spines, they go viral. Acupuncture and therapy, absolutely. I've seen a lot of wellness things go viral. Um, Joe, who you saw before hanging off a door, he's actually got a TikTok where he does yoga. Um, and he him and his fiance did like a, a Venga Boys yoga pose where they were like like yoguring the Vengaboys. I I'm explain it badly, but basically if you can just showcase what you do, showcase what you're passionate about, you're bound to build an audience um, and be creative with it. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who watch therapies that you come to for relaxation you've got asmr which is this whole other thing which it could come under um which is watching videos and sounds for relaxation people will watch um you know simulated head massages things like that so just be creative with it try a couple of things put a few videos out of you doing your therapy or you um giving someone a head massage or whatever it might be and, and test and, and see see what comes from it
1: i think that's you know, one of the takeaways from what you said is that at the moment there's so much opportunity just, just to test, yeah. put your, dip your toe in the water and see what, um, what's worth it. Uh, yes, question, David. That's a good question. So, I had a few people ask me similar ones with regards to podcasting via v YouTube at the moment. So with uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok available, are YouTube channels still worth developing? Because I saw Stephen put out something like there's now a, a billion active YouTube users, some stat like that. And I thought, wow, do you, unless you're a, you know, an influencer already or you, you are some kind of sporting music celebrity. Yeah. Is it worth actually developing a channel on YouTube to shit get above the noise? YouTube
0: It is still worth it, however, the bang for your buck that you get on YouTube is going to be so much less than TikTok, so much less than Instagram TV. Um, You can spend days and days and days making a YouTube video and it's not going to go anywhere near as far as spending a minute on a TikTok. Um, Mm -hmm. And it depends on, on the purpose. The thing is with YouTube, unless you've got a phenomenal idea, you're not going to go anywhere. Very rarely at the moment does a YouTube channel kind of blow up. And when it does, it's because it's because it's absolutely awe-inspiring. Um, you know, there's one recently that's blown up of a father and a daughter who um, have amazing voices. They sound like, fallen, like they're out of Disney films and they sing duets together. Like, that's phenomenal. Hmm. Of course that's going to blow up. Um, and still they haven't, they, they've got maybe 300,000 subscribers, which in the YouTube stratosphere is nothing really. Yeah. Um, and they're they're, they're astounding. Um, so it just, it, it depends if you want to put your resource into something that might not get much back. You're way more likely, especially as a brand to get, to get more back from Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok.
1: Yeah. But
0: doesn't go to say that YouTube's not, um, not valuable. It's just a lot more difficult.
1: Yeah. I suppose it's, it's worth being on there as part of your strategy, just given them that the search engine possibilities and all that kind of stuff. Um, So loads of people saying, thank you. Thank you very much indeed, everybody for joining us today. So um, yeah, I suppose a couple of takeaways for me is that, as I mentioned earlier, testing and and iterating, um, picking one thing, testing, iterating, get good at it before moving on to, to, to the next one there. Um, And I like that idea, what you're saying about restoring normalcy, so giving people what they're missing. Um, I think that's a a really interesting point that you made there. Um, Just to kind of round up, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, Hannah, um, what specific platforms are are, you getting rewarded at the moment? So you said, for example, like, and I've noticed this. I've never done lives before and we've literally been doing like two or three lives every day uh, and using like, um, what was it called, Uh, StreamYard to to like stream live into. But yeah, so Facebook getting massively rewarded for doing lives. What would you say? Is it the same with with Instagram? What would you say about LinkedIn, for example? I know a lot of the people here, probably LinkedIn is their first reference point when it comes to social media.
0: I think... LinkedIn, you will get rewarded for lives. LinkedIn is still video, like any any video. Right. I think if you can do a good live on LinkedIn, then you'll get rewarded. But I do see a lot of people going live on LinkedIn for the sake of it, which I don't mm. think is right. Um, TikTok, you get rewarded for whatever you hit the nail with. Like, it, it can be very, you know, d- dependent. Um, Instagram at the moment what we're seeing most reward for is igtv like i said like unbelievable amounts we, we saw the difference in a graph um from not posting igtv to posting igtv and we had reach and it just like skyrocketed mm-hmm. um that's 100% where we're getting the most bang for our buck at the moment on instagram facebook is live but then premiering um also on facebook um cross-posting as well uh which is where you put a post on two different pages but it's cross-posted so it's not like it's not like one video then another video it's like one video posted on two that's we're getting more reach there um facebook's a little bit of a minefield at the moment as as is (laughs) as it usually is um yeah hopefully that answers your question
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no good um and if people um again you've got your details up there which I'll, I'll focus the screen on there so people can see that again um there we go but um with, with regards to the work you guys do and you you're kind of six weeks six years into the, the journey and obviously doing incredibly incredibly well with it what kind of um business owners brands are you looking to work with now and on what kind of stage of the journey do you do you work with startups do you just work with the big brands do you, do you have like different levels of people can can work with you on
0: we we work with a combination i think the the majority of people who we work with now are, are the big brands just because obviously they have the bigger budget and we have a, you know a large staff um body to to be able to service that but we definitely still work with startups at the moment um we yeah in recent weeks we've, we've worked with startups um it all depends on um how, how seamlessly we can work together and, and it does ultimately depend on budget. We do have a, a minimum spend, but if it's something that we're super passionate about, then that kind of, that means that we're we're more inclined to, to work with that person. Like charities we'll, we'll sometimes work with for free, um, because we we've dedicated uh, a million pound of our of our time to to charitable causes, so yeah. um, it all it all depends on loads of things. But in terms of like giving advice and stuff, I'm I'm always happy to have a look over something or you know anything like that.
1: Awesome as always, um, Hannah. Thank you so much for your time. I think that's answered. Um, again, if you didn't get time to answer your question, do apologise. Um, we are now at. Three o'clock, so I will let Hannah close off her day. Another cup of tea
0: there. (laughs) Sounds good.
1: So, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Hannah Anderson, co-founder of Social Chain, and... So many things we could talk about during during that one, as always. But you know, I'm all about showcasing what you're passionate about. Um, you know, I bang on about that enough times, you know, saying to pick your pillar content. You know, what is your pillar content going to be, your macro content? Um, is it a podcast? Is it a vlog? Is it a blog? You should be documenting what you do, and then taking micro content from there to share on these different social media platforms, be that TikTok, be that. Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, etc., etc. And, you know, I'll admit I haven't checked out TikTok yet. I know my girls are on TikTok a lot. I've uh, seen a lot of people experimenting with TikTok during lockdown. Uh, it's certainly something that I am going to take a look at and see um, what we can do there. I suggest you do the same. And whether that's from a personal or business point of view, I think having had two episodes now, Hannah talking about it here, and then Timothy move from Fanbytes talking about it as well. Uh, you know, two authorities in their space. It's definitely worth taking a look and seeing how you can leverage that for your business. Um, new profile for us on Instagram: Screw. Dot. It. Just do it. Have a look for all things Screw. It. Just do it. Um, Come follow us on there. As always, you can connect with me at Alexander Chisnell. Um, And as always, if you enjoyed this, um, then please let us know. Uh, Literally scroll down on the platform you're on now and click write a review and let me know what you thought. I'll give you a shout out on the show as well. So thank you for listening. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram.